Welcome, everyone. I am Bob Wurzelbacher, the director of the Respect Life Office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. And this is our video podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. Each month, we'll discuss a different topic in the Respect Life arena. We'll hear a personal story from someone deeply affected by that issue. And finally, we'll share ways that you can get involved. This month's topic is serving the blind and deaf in our parishes and our church today. Part one focuses on ministry to the deaf. As always, we have special guests. Hi, my name is Adam Frazier, and I am a teacher at St. Rita School for the Deaf, and this is Rebecca, our interpreter. Hello, my name is Marianne Barth. I'm a teacher here at St. Rita School for the Deaf. Thank you for having me today. So Adam, why don't we start with you? How did you first get involved in serving the deaf community, and where does your passion for that come from? I was hired at St. Rita in August of 2012, and I started as a one-on-one aide. And over the past couple of years, I've moved up, and I'm now teaching full-time, and I'm responsible for campus ministry. And our main focus with campus ministry is making sure that our deaf students have access to not only the faith, but also the sacraments. It's not enough that they just have masses interpreted into ASL. They really need religious instruction that meets their needs. And for about three years now, I've worked closely with Mary Ann because I realized that what we saw at the school was just a microcosm of what's happening to deaf Catholics everywhere, that by their baptism, they have a right to the faith and the sacraments, but the church wasn't providing access. And it wasn't out of malice. It was just they didn't really understand the needs of the deaf community. And so that's what I've been doing for the last three years and will be doing in the future is just tirelessly working towards full accessibility of the faith to the deaf community. Okay, so Marianne, share us a little bit about how you first got involved in deaf ministry. I got involved with deaf ministry. I was living in northern Kentucky, and at that time... I had a friend of mine who was deaf, who had been attending their local church, and it was a church with a deaf ministry. And it was not a Catholic church, however, and they asked me if I wanted to attend. And they said, you should come to my church. Uh, They have a deaf ministry there. And I said, well, you know, I'm Catholic. And they said, well, is there a Catholic church for you to go to? And I didn't know at the time. So I went ahead and searched, and I got in touch with the Archdiocese office. And I asked if there were any interpreted services, you know, if there were any masses within the area. And the person on the phone said that they were unaware of anything. They weren't sure. And so the next day they went ahead and contacted me back and they said, no, at this time there's not. And I thought, well, why not? So I decided to go ahead and make headway on that. And uh, we had set up a deaf ministry office and it's the Diocese of Covington, specifically in Kentucky. However, there were some budget cuts. The office shut down. There are a lot of instances where churches will set up a deaf ministry, it will run for a while, and then it will close down, usually due to financial reasons, and that's what happened in Northern Kentucky. There are still interpreted masses, however, it's only at one church, but there's no ministry, it's just the masses. And that's how specifically I got involved, was because I decided to go ahead and ask, why not? Why don't they have those sort of services? And that led to the creation of deaf ministry, it led to creation of sacraments and workshops and things like that, a whole variety of services that are unfortunately no longer available. And a lot of deaf people have left the church because there is only that one interpreted mass. And that's how I began getting involved there, trying to set up the deaf ministry in Northern Kentucky. 
and trying to relate that back to here at St. Rita because I've come here to St. Rita for plenty of meetings which, with the archdiocese and things like that. And then later I was hired as an instructor. And I've been involved here with deaf ministry locally here in Cincinnati and also on the national and international arena. And it seems honestly to be very challenging, not just here locally, but all around the world for deaf people to have to go and make the effort and try to ask for the accommodations. It seems like it's not happening. So what I'm asking is that the church be more proactive as far as going ahead and setting up these accommodations and not waiting to see if deaf people will come in because honestly, deaf people themselves, they don't know if a deaf person is there or not. They don't know if their congregation is deaf of hearing. So it would be nice for the church to be proactive and set up those opportunities and accommodations for those people in advance. That means we need interpreters at our parish festivals, at our fish fries, at our parish missions in RCIA. If a deaf person contacts the parish, those accommodations need to be made because if we're saying, oh, it's going to cost too much, then we're not looking at them as a person. We're looking at them as a price tag. And that just kind of offends our God-given dignity. So Adam, why don't you share with us, what are some ways that the deaf don't have access to the sacraments that many of us don't even think about? So I think the most obvious one would be the sacrament of confession. There is access, you know, they could come in with a pen and paper or the church even permits an interpreter. But if we take a step back, looking at the interpreter, when you go to confession, that's a very personal thing. And it really should be between you and the priest. With other deaf Catholics I've talked to, they really do not feel comfortable at all bringing the interpreter in uh, to the confessional with them. And I don't blame them for that. And the other method is, you know, they say, oh, we can do pen and paper. Some of the deaf Catholics that I've talked to, they will do that because it's better than nothing. But the best way is to provide priests who know ASL. So that's a big one. Just regular mass attendance as well. If it's not interpreted, they really have no access to what's going on, the readings, the homily, the prayers, all these things that we just kind of take for granted as hearing people. You know, Adam, that's, you know, I hadn't hardly thought about that. I thought of ASL, you know, at, at mass, there are some parishes that do that. We even have those parishes that we're aware of listed on our website. We can show that later. But confession probably doesn't even occur to many of us. That makes perfect sense. If there isn't a priest who knows ASL, the only apparent other option there is, is to write it down or hire your own personal interpreter. Um, and neither one of those options seem very acceptable. And they're not. So we definitely need to work on figuring out how to make that happen. Right. Okay. Do you have any personal stories of people you know about you'd like to share with us? One of our students was going to be confirmed in the faith, and they held it at a local church. And they asked me, oh, you know, will you come and interpret for him? And I was a little worried. I was like, I'm not an interpreter. Are you guys going to hire one for him? And that answer was no. And so I assumed it was better than nothing for me to be there. But I was just shocked because they literally just wanted me there for the sacrament of confirmation. It wasn't for the rest of the mass, you know, the music, the readings, the homily. He had no access 
And I think that's really when it started because that absolutely broke my heart. Because here's this very important sacrament of the church. And here's this child who has no idea what's happening. I mean, yes, he understood the sacrament. He'd been prepared. But in that time and place, he was just kind of shepherded along and really had no idea what was happening. And that broke my heart. Right. So so they only wanted to use you, what, for the moment of confirmation when he approaches the bishop? That was the purpose of your and presence? It, and, it, and it wasn't even the bishop. It was just carried out by the local pastor. Okay. And no, no accommodation so that he could experience the mass with everyone else, knowing what was being sung, knowing what was being said at the homily. You know, none of that was accessible to this child who was receiving the sacrament of confirmation. Correct. And that's something that our students, our children that we serve experience, whether they're Catholic or not, they'll go to their religious services and just sit there on their phones because there's no access. And so when you try and engage them in sort of conversations about religion or God, they're like, oh, that's boring because all of their experience is that they have no access. And so if they have no access, it must not be important. And that's a really hard understanding to break. But it also breaks your heart that these kids think of God and his love as boring because they have no access. Right. And I don't know this, but I can imagine that someone might see someone who they know is deaf and they're playing on their phone and they think, well, why should I hire an ASL interpreter for this child who doesn't even want to pay attention to mass? Not thinking the obvious, (laughs) which is that, well, they can't pay attention because they can't hear it. And that's been my experience is that if you provide access, the deaf will come. But you also have to be careful because somebody sets up a deaf ministry for a year or two, and then whether it's the cost or they feel like nobody is coming, like, okay, we're going to close this. Well, then that just tells the deaf community, they tend to just sit back and watch to see, is this the real deal? Or is this just another flash in the pan? Am I going to have access for a year or two? And then it's going to be taken away from me. And so rebuilding that trust with the deaf community is going to take time and it's going to take patience. Are you aware of any deaf person who is well involved in their parish and has more even than, than simply ASL at the mass at that parish? Or we, I, we're not doing that anywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm not aware of any instance of that. I think that speaks volumes right there. That's very sad that it's so obvious that people who are deaf cannot be involved in their parishes we don't think about offering ASL and that interpretation to allow them to communicate. Mm-hmm. Okay, Marianne, why don't you share with us one or two examples of how it is that your desire to participate as a full member of the faith community has not worked out because we have failed as a church in being as accommodating as we can for people who are deaf. Sure. I have several examples that I could share. Um, one specific example would be As far as wedding ceremonies, I belong to a very large family. There are a lot of weddings that I've attended and the churches I've asked them, you know, for example, with my nieces and my nephews who would be getting married in Catholic churches, I would ask if they would hire an interpreter. And the answer was no, because there's only one deaf person. There's only one deaf person who's coming. So we don't need an interpreter and interpreters cost too much money. I've also gone to classes for professional development or even trying to get another degree And the answer has been no, that they would not provide an interpreter 
because it's a Catholic school. And so that they're saying that they don't have to follow that. But that's incorrect. They still must follow the ADA. Most of the time they seem unaware. Another example might be, for example, going to a professional development opportunity in another area. It might be a small Catholic university. And they say no. And there's a lot of no's that I've experienced as a deaf person because they're seeing me as a number, that I'm only one person, that I'm only a number. And so they're not looking at me as a person. We shouldn't be looking at the numbers. We should be looking at the importance of being welcome and inclusive and providing the same opportunities that they're providing hearing parishioners. It is frustrating who just bear with it for a while and then they give up. They say that they're done, that they don't want to be a part of that church community anymore because it's not inclusive and that it shouldn't be that way. Should not. I'm hearing several messages here. Part of it is the one that reminds me of the parable of the lost sheep, right? That Jesus, the good shepherd, abandons the 99 to go search for the one. That there shouldn't be a numbers on, I don't know, I will start deaf ministry when there are 10, (laughs) right? Or something like that. Uh, One is enough. One should be enough. That's part of what I'm hearing you say. All right, Mary Ann, do you have any other stories you might want to share with us that help bring home the need for being more accommodating for the people who are deaf? I do have a sad story that I'd like to tell. Unfortunately, this story did happen and has happened several times. There was a young man who was deaf. He had grown up Catholic, been raised in the Catholic Church, and was a faithful member of the Catholic Church until the church decided to stop providing an interpreter. So at that point, he stopped attending church. He passed away very unexpectedly of a heart attack, and his family had gone to their local parish and asked for, at his funeral, if they would have an ASL interpreter and asked because they were aware that there were many deaf people who had planned on attending his funeral to celebrate his life. At that point, the parish priest said no, there would not be an interpreter, and they flatly turned down the request. The family asked again, and again they were denied. At that point, they went ahead and they had a funeral without an interpreter. And it was very sad because this young man had grown up Catholic. He really cared about his faith. And unfortunately, there was no interpreter at his service. And the one place that you should feel welcome, that you should feel included, that you should feel loved and should feel connected with other people as a community is church. That should be your church. That should be your faith community. It should be a place that's welcoming and inclusive. But oftentimes for deaf people, that's not what's happening. Okay. You can't look at somebody and see that they're deaf. Like maybe, yes, if you see them signing, but it's just typical person walking on the street. So you could have a deaf person in your parish, in your congregation, and never know it. And so the interpreters need to be there for access all the time, whether we can see a deaf person or not. We build wheelchair ramps, whether disabled people are going to show up or not. It's kind of the same, that we need to have that access there all the time. And if a deaf person shows up, wonderful. They have access. They're going to feel welcome. If they don't, well, it's still offered. So maybe the next time. Right. So Adam spoke a little bit already about some ways that parishes can be better accommodating for the deaf. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Yes. I would like to challenge hearing people's perspective about this podcast. I would like to challenge them to go to their church and ask why they don't have interpreters there. Become more proactive, as I mentioned before. Don't just sit back and wait for a deaf person to approach and ask. 
hearing people can be proactive too. They can go to their churches, they can go to their councils and say, why don't we have something like that? Is there a reason that we don't offer any interpreters? So I wanna challenge people who are viewers and listeners, people of this podcast to do something like that with their local church. Also for a deaf ministry, it's sort of a catch 22 situation. And what I mean by that is deaf people aren't coming because there's nothing set up and there's nothing set up because deaf people aren't coming. I'm reminded of the movie Field of Dreams, right? Where they say, you're talking about the baseball stadium. If you build it, they will come, right? You were saying if you build a deaf ministry, if you are hospitable to people who are deaf, then they will come. And I'm sure that's true. But it also may be true that they may not come immediately. They may be waiting to see, is this going to stick around? Is this a community that I should be able to invest in? So patience is also called for, right? If you're going to start a deaf ministry, be patient. Give give a chance for the word to get out that this is here to stay and this is worth investing in. Exactly right. Exactly right. Because there's a history that deaf people have with their ministries, that ministries will be created and then they collapse. And so people sometimes just want to be a little more cautious when it comes to attending a ministry like that. They want to see if it's going to be a long-time thing. So Marianne, if a parish wants to begin deaf ministry and be much better accommodating for people who are deaf, and then part of that work, of course, would be to get the word out, to let the deaf community be aware, hey, come to this parish, we are going to try to start being accommodating. Is there a good way to communicate with the deaf community that, hey, come to our parish if that's what you want to do, you know, beyond telling people at the pulpit, right, if they're not there, (laughs) putting it in your bulletin, they're not seeing your bulletin. Well, how is it that we inform the deaf community that, hey, come to this event, we are being more welcoming to you? I think social media is a very powerful tool. And I also think using the deaf community as people. So, for example, for print media, as far as brochures and bulletins, I don't think that would be successful. So I think social media would be a huge tool. Okay, Adam, let's take people through some of the resources they can find on our website at www.catholiccincinnati.org. You can go to Ministries and Offices. Now, unfortunately, we do not have an Office for Deaf Ministry here at the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. So we just need to let you know, you have to go to Respect Life. And then over here on the left, you can see a link, Inclusion Ministry. And then one of those is Deaf and Hard of Hearing. Now, the very top link right there is St. Rita's School for the Deaf. Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is and what it is not? Yeah, so St. Rita's School for the Deaf is a archdiocesan school for children with special communication needs. Our students are deaf hard of hearing, they have a praxis of speech, they're on the autism spectrum, some children have Down syndromes. So we're really more, if your child has a special communication need, we are here to try and educate them and give them a language. We are not a deaf office. We do not send interpreters. There's a big difference between someone who can teach in sign language and someone who can interpret. So for example, right now, Rebecca is listening to me speak English. She's translating that into American Sign Language, which is its own language with its own grammar, rules, and all that kinds of things. 
and she's sharing that in sign language in real time. That is not a skill that I possess. And so it's incorrect to think of like, oh, you know, sign language, you can be an interpreter. That's kind of along the same lines of, you know, you took two years of Spanish in high school, go, go interpret for this Hispanic family kind of thing. And so that's, I think that's the biggest misconception is that people look at us as a deaf office, not a school. Our, our primary objective is to educate our students with special communication needs. Did you want to talk about any of the other links that we have here on the Respect Life Ministry page for deaf and hard of hearing? Yes, I think the big one for hearing people who want to make their parishes more welcoming would be, you would start with the policy for working with sign language interpreters in Catholic religious settings. That would be a great starting point to kind of understand how this works, how it works with the interpreters, what interpreters do, what they don't do. And then another great resource is the National Catholic Office for the Deaf. That is a great organization that if you are serious about welcoming in the deaf, they are a great resource because there's a whole deaf culture as well. I know we haven't kind of spoken about that, but the deaf have their own culture. And so the National Catholic Office for the Deaf will go a long way in educating the hearing who want to bring you in about the nuances of deaf culture. I think those are probably the most important links for hearing people who want to learn more about how they can welcome the deaf into their parish. Great. Also on here, I'll just point out, is a list of ASL interpretive masses that we are aware of. So in Cincinnati, we have St. Jude Church, and then we also have Good Shepherd Parish in Cincinnati. And then Queen of Apostles in Beaver Creek and Precious Blood uh, in Dayton are the ones that we have listed on our website that we know are offering ASL interpreted masses. If you happen to be a member of a parish that offers ASL interpreted masses and they are not listed here, please contact me. Contact the Respect Life office, respectlife at catholiccincinnati.org, or you can just call me directly at 513-421-3131. My extension is 2624. But the easiest thing to remember is probably respect life at catholiccincinnati.org. And uh, let us know. We will certainly put that on the website. Has anything happened recently where the archdiocese has been able to reach out and help be more accommodating for people who are deaf? Yes. Uh, a couple of years ago, they created a new catechist certification for all the religious teachers archdiocesan-wide. And that had a unique impact on us because one of our religion teachers is is deaf and the archdiocese provided an interpreter for our teacher and you know she said that that was really the first time that she ever felt like a full member of the archdiocesan teaching community because the archdiocese provided her with access to this new um, program now as the program was finished and we started looking at the finer details of it we realized that it was not fully accessible to the deaf. The videos were not closed captioned, they weren't interpreted. And so we went to the Office of Evangelization, the Vokari people, and we're like, hey, this is a wonderful program. How can we make this accessible to our deaf religion teacher? Because we would hate to lose her. And through just going back and forth of what would be appropriate, what wouldn't, we were able to strike a compromise with the Archdiocese about the catechist certification that allowed her to continue teaching religion, but still 
reach the spirit of what Vocari was all about. We're still working on full accessibility, but we understand that that takes time because the Archdiocese didn't create the videos contained within Vocari. But we are very encouraged that they've taken this first step, and we look forward to continue working with them so that any deaf person can become a catechist at their parish or school. All right. Well, thank you for your time with us today. Thank you for sharing with us a little bit about the needs of the deaf community and how it is that we can serve them better, become more aware of their needs, and try to be more welcoming of them in our communities today. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me, Bob, and thank you for all the work that you are doing bringing their needs to light. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. Thank you so much for inviting me here today. I really appreciated having this conversation with you. And I hope that this is the first step to opening some new ways, some new opportunities for deaf ministries here in Cincinnati within the Archdiocese to be created. Thank you so much. And I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. Head to the website to view all the links talked about in this episode at www.catholiccincinnati.org slash being-pro-life. Thank you again for joining us today, and I look forward to being with you again next time.